We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Pod Maverick After Dark. This is Kirk Henderson. I'm joined as always. Well, I guess I shouldn't say always because Ben is the last show. <laughs> yeah, uh, literally the last show. As joined almost always by Josh Bo. Welcome uh, to the show. Josh, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. I feel like I'm cheating. I got to miss the the double-digit loss and I get to come back for the relatively pain-free win although i guess it wasn't pain-free technically speaking but still i feel like i'm getting off a little easy here yeah yeah so so saturday night game dallas mavericks traveled up to portland for the second time in eight days uh that is kind of an, an underrated element of those games i now sort of understand when brad townsend got like the news about who the mavericks were going to play when the uh in season tournament schedule was decided he's like he, he's basically kind of scoffed about the fact that they'd have to go to Portland again. And I get it now that I'm seeing it on the schedule. It's a lot of travel. Like Portland is far away. Yeah. Uh, but the Mavericks are up there. They, I think this is the start of a couple of game road trip anyway. So they're up there. They're playing um, Portland who they gave him a pretty hard time eight days ago. Wasn't that the game that Kyrie got hurt against? That was the game. Kyrie got hurt. Yeah. So maybe we just shouldn't play them anymore because as everybody knows by now, Derek Lively got hurt in this game. Um, uh, The ankle sprain didn't look great, but you never like that dude fell on his back from Mars and was somehow okay within two games. So I'm, (laughs) you know, I don't really know what to, to what to think about that. We'll probably talk about that one a little bit more. Um, The Mavericks came in and more or less took care of business. Portland gave them a number of, um, I don't want to say scares, but effectively was like, hey, guys, you know, uh, pay attention more or less. I mean, that the, <laughs> and, and every time that happened, the Mavericks would respond with one way, shape or form. Like, it is pretty funny to me looking at this, like Luka Doncic has a 40 point triple double and is a negative four. 
Um, <laughs> like they really, the Mavericks played really well in the in the minus Luca minutes, which is a big reason why they won this game. Um, but I, I don't really know what to make of this one, other than I'm glad they went out on the road. I'm glad they took care of business against the team that they should have beaten. And you know, I, I see lots of areas for improvement for for certain guys in the team but you know the Mavericks are just sort of fighting the tide with a spoon with these injuries like at a certain point they're just going to get completely waxed two or three games in a row because they don't have enough guys yeah well we we keep kind of saying that and it's like keep winning yeah yeah they still have I mean they they lost that that Timberwolves loss was was kind of ugly but even then they still probably hung in tougher than I think most would expect with the the lead that they had early in the game I mean this was a game you figured like you lose lively oh, what six minutes into the game and he's basically your either second or third. I didn't realize it, I, I, I didn't realize it was that soon into the game. I was yes. doing my I was doing both children's bedtimes. And um, it was and it was at a point where the Mavericks were already not looking too great um defensively. And so it was just like this is gonna go from bad to worse. Um and really that I mean Everything was so nondescript, like in terms of just taking care of business. Uh, otherwise, like lively to me feels like the biggest thing coming out of this game. But we can wait to talk about it later because we need to talk about the actual game. But, sure. but yeah, I mean, it was if if they were going to lay an egg against a bad team, I mean, the conditions were prime. No Kyrie, still no Josh Green, still no um, still no Maxi Kleba. Uh, although saying like still no Maxi Kleba at this point, like he's yeah. There's like no timetable for. I him. actually so sent like a bringing, res- up, bringing up I, his name feels weird. I I sent a text to Bobby Corrala of the Mavs kind of media team there and was like, "Is this dude alive? Because <laughs> you know, th- there's been no updates. There's been very little reporting on him. Yeah, and you know, I don't want to be an ass about that sort of stuff, but it does feel weird. We are literally 25 games into the season, and the dude, you know, it's a dislocated toe. Am I? Uh, did he get it cut off? I'm not, I'm not being sarcastic here. Like toe stuff can really affect your balance. So like, I understand why it's taking a while. I just want to know a little more other than dislocated toe. Yeah. He's not, I mean, he, I don't think he's even really, he hasn't fully practiced yet. So yeah, there's not really much that they're, they're, they're letting on. So yeah, I mean, this would have been a prime game for them to drop with you. You look at the injuries, you look at losing lively in the first quarter and then combine that with, this was the first time Portland's had, Jeremy Grant, DeAndre Ayton, and Malcolm Brogdon together since like the first week of the season, I think. Um, so you just kind of, it felt like the conditions were ripe for a letdown game. And instead, I mean, the Mavericks basically from the second quarter to the end of the game, basically controlled the game. Um, Portland got off to a really hot start. And then the Mavericks kind of, I mean, defensively, they didn't, they didn't adjust too much. I mean, it was kind of more bend, don't break. I mean, Portland scored 72 points in the paint. Um, so I can't really laud the Mavericks defense. It just kind of felt like after that first quarter, the Mavericks offense was like, all right, um, let's just put this game to bed. Luca was insane, uh, especially in the first half. I think he had 30 in the first half. He did. No, no, no. He, yeah. He had 30 in the first half? Mm-hmm. He did. Okay. I mean, he was, he was insane. Uh, Portland's defense was embarrassing, but he was, I mean, he was literally doing, you know, just taking what the defense gave him and he was just kind of waltzing to the rim at ease and his floater game, like that floater range area. Um, he was, he was really dialed in from that range. So 
then that just kind of cascaded and eventually Portland in the second half was like, all right, we'll double him. And then the Mavericks made 16 threes, not a great percentage because uh, Luca and Timmy didn't shoot all too well, but Seth made a couple, Derek Jones Jr. Made a couple, Marquise Morris made a couple. Uh, they made, they made enough shots off the Luca doubles that, I mean, yeah, like you said, they kind of tested them a couple of times, but I mean, it never, this game never felt like it was going to slip away from them. So that's pretty impressive considering, I know Portland stinks, and this game is just a reinforcement of how much they stink. But I feel like considering uh, losing Lively so early in the first quarter that they were able to still handle their business with relative ease, I feel like that's that's uh, that's pretty impressive. I think that's right. Um, this is going to be one of these games, and I, I'm I'm just going to nip this. Well, I'm not going <laughs> to nip. I'm gonna, not going to nip it in the bud because you know social media is going to do what social media does. I don't give a shit about Jeremy Grant scoring a bunch of points. I don't care. Yay, he scored a bunch of points against the Mavericks. Now everybody's going to go, we need to go get Jeremy Grant. No, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. Let me say it again for those in the back. No, we don't. He's shooting 43% from the floor, guys. 43%. Yeah, I'm glad he's scoring a lot of points. Because the team is fucking terrible. <laughs> and he also decided, how many years are we? Yeah, he he keeps going four to bad years, teams. It's his years, call. Yeah, four years ago, he decided he did not want to be a defensive role player on a good team, and he mm-hmm. wanted to be on bad teams so yep. he could score make a lot, a lot of, of points money. and make a lot of money. Which hey. good for him. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's just uh, like lighting up the Mavericks is not yeah. like like it's like the mark. It's what the, the against the Mavs All Stars is what what Doncic or I'm sorry, what uh, Dalton calls him calls them, yeah. and it's just it's the kind of day, and it's like. When, when it's okay if you only watch the Dallas Mavericks, there are 82 basketball games for that yeah. one team in a year. You don't have to watch everyone, but like Grant is capable of at one point in his career here is capable of being something. I don't believe he's capable of being anything else now. I just don't. Maybe I'm wrong. Call me, but it's just there's going to be these clamors. Oh, the Mavericks need to go get a guy like him. No, no, they don't. They yeah. need something, but he's not that guy for me. His contract is a lot of money. Yeah, they, they need the grant that played in Denver in 2020 or that's right. Oklahoma that's, City. Yes. And that's where people, you know, because that's where he kind of rose to prominence uh, with OKC on some of those teams. And he was like kind of the, what that Swiss jack of all trades, defensive athletic forward. And people get that first impression drilled in their heads. And then they see, oh, well, he's still that same player, but now he's scoring 23 points a game. And it's like, no, he, he decided he didn't want to do any of that stuff. He just wanted to score. Yeah, which again. I'm and not I, and not, not to him. Mention, I'm just saying his fit. He is not the the cure to the to the Mavericks' ails uh, on the defensive end. Not not to mention he makes enough money. Pair the money plus the assets the Mavericks would have. It it like like logistics don't work. And and so I just I just want to get that out in the open. People are going to yell at me for this. I don't fucking care. Like if if he goes to you know a really good team that really needs him, like. That's the kind of guy that's your that's your six man kind of kind of score to be. Quite or you've candid. got like three or four other good defenders in your starting yeah. lineup. He and... doesn't help the Mavs defense. They don't no. need help with offense, guys. They don't. Yeah. And I'm saying uh, guys, like anybody here doesn't. If you, you know. if if you want to rag on a trailblazers that Mavericks fans have thirsted for in the past that you won't get any blowback on, mm. uh, DeAndre Ayton will fill that Ooh, role for you cow. like like quite well. You know, <laughs> a pettier person. Than you or I, Michael, searching through the tweets of people who screamed at us, screamed at you, that how oh, we gotta go get him, we gotta go get Aiton. He's he's right there for the taking. 
The man sucks. There's a reason he was right there for the taking. Soft. Yeah. yeah. Terrible. His it's... one of the first things he ever told media was his first his goal was to get to a second contract. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I think he's pretty much said he doesn't like it, you know, it's not a big deal. I mean, like it doesn't make him a bad person, but I'm pretty no. sure basketball is just something that kind of came to him because of his He's one of the most gift, physically gifts, gifted yeah. people on the planet. Yeah, and it's not necessarily a passion for him. Uh, yeah, and that's fine. Yeah, like the, it didn't make him a bad guy, but it no. doesn't mean you want you need him on your basketball team. Vi- oh man, Markeith Morris basically outplayed him tonight, and that's just very funny considering people were basically like throwing stones at me for not wanting to trade Tim Hardaway Jr. for him. Yeah, uh, not that Timmy had a dynamite game, uh, even though he scored twenty five points, but it's just. It's just funny how these things work out. I mean, sometimes they work out wrong, like where I, I have a lot of egg on my face, but but this one, this one. Well, and it's just so funny because this would have been a game where after Lively goes out that he yes. should have whooped yeah. the Mavericks ass. <laughs> he should, I think he had, I, I'm pretty sure he finished with seven points. He had three buckets, seven points. I think all those came in like the first quarter too. And then so he like, says I, dumb shit like, I'm going to be coming out here dominating. It's like, shut the fuck up. Play basketball, you <laughs> clown show. Sorry, so, I hate dudes like this because I remember, like, I, I just I remember kind of that Christian Wooditis. Well, of, it's like when he was back like at right. University of Arizona coming in. There was a video of him talking about he wants to play stretch four, like Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah, really and like whenever a course. guy says that, I am just like bright red flag. That means you don't know what you're good at. Anyway, you can tell we're talking about the Blazers because there's just not a ton to say about the Mavericks, <laughs> other than because... Lucas God and, and well, there's stepped up. So, yes. All right. I want to circle back to that in just a yeah. second. But for a minute, guys, you can do me a favor. Hit the like on the stream. It's down there. It's a big thumbs up button. It would help Josh and I. Uh, when this video is closed out, if you could return later, go through some of our other videos, leave comments. Um, I really like reading those. It also helps us. Uh, we do every single one of our shows live. Due to the feedback from some of our listeners here, I have attempted and going am going to keep uh, attempting to do our second uh, second show as a part of this one. So it'll just be one continuous stream. I'm going to cut up the audio later, uh, but I like taking that will happen right after Josh and I are done talking. We bring different fans up up here and we can talk just because talking hoops is fun. Uh, you can rant. You can tell me where I'm wrong. You can get a takeoff. We had my, my friend Harold who popped up here the other day who had some absolutely spicy takes about uh, all sorts of different stuff. And it was like one in the morning. It was a lot of fun. Um, and that's what it's for because you should be talking basketball about your friends and, uh, that's what we're here for. So subscribe to the show pod Maverick. If you are listening on an audio feed, please con- uh, consider leaving a review and rating. If you're listening on Apple, there's no way you're listening or hearing this on Apple because Apple is still fucked up and I'm going on week two of dealing with Apple customer support. I will figure it out one day. It is truly, truly awful for Josh and I, like we are taking a hit to the wallet for this and, I don't know. There's not a great answer, but you guys aren't here to hear about Josh and I's problems. Thank you for letting me shill for just a few minutes. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Um, the, the Luca of it all is just hilarious. He only scored 10 points in the second half. Cause he started doing like Larry bird. I'm bored stuff. And also Portland was like, okay, I guess we'll double you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess we'll stop letting you get a parade to the rim. Like whenever you want. Chauncey, yeah. Chauncey Billups called a timeout 18 seconds into the third quarter because Luca just like sauntered into the lane and did a turnaround basket. Sa- <laughs> Saunter is a great description of his game. Cause I feel like that's what he did every single time he got into the paint, which made it even like funnier. Like that's what makes it so funny when he dominates uh, these teams, because it's like, are you even breaking a sweat right now like he had a play it was like the slowest fast break layup of all time because it was like secondary transition and he just just kind of felt like he was just kind of like weaving in between like the cone drills that you see football players do but like at like quarter speed and then just kind of got a layup at the end of it it was just snaking around i think even the the mavericks tv team chuckled at it a little bit with like it looked like you were watching a replay in slow motion, but I was like, nope, that's, 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 uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. It's, it's really, it's, it's really absolutely crazy. Um, man, my video is all wobbly. I got this new uh, um, laptop stand and whenever I type, it makes the camera shake. I'm gonna have to figure that out. Um, yeah, I, I, this was a game where I was like secretly hoping he would score 50 or 60 points, um, (laughs) just because it was something. And I, I, I found myself like really just hoping for that because let's just, let's be petty for a second. Um, Mary, you want me to hold him for a minute? Okay. Um, jo- Joel Embiid is out there scoring a thousand points against some of the worst teams in the NBA and then missing games against good teams. So like petty me wants Luca to go nuts against a bad Portland team just to keep pace, just to keep pace. Um, and, and he's not able to, he wasn't able to do that tonight. I mean, 40, triple double helps at least. Yeah. To 40, 12 and 10, but it's just like, I really, like, I really was like, man, go for 50, like make news again, because like Embiid's going to end up running away with the award this year. I actually think this because he is literally playing better than he was last year. Um, the team is better, which helps. They don't have some of the weird things hanging over them, 
But I wanted to sort of take a second to talk like awards with you just while we're here because the we, we had a guy pop in the other night, um, my friend Micah, who comes up to the show most nights, and basically make the case for Luca being MVP, Derek Lively being on um, the, the all-rookie first team, um, and then let's see here, Tim Hardaway guess, being the sixth man. And then either and, Jones or Exum on most imp- – improved yeah and it was just like yeah it was fantastic and so i just wanted to know if you had any thoughts in relation to any of that um exum for i mean for at this rate exum for most uh, improved is going to be a lock i mean when he entered the starting lineup uh i get it was it was it was uh the utah game when they won by 50 and he only had he had five points but he had seven assists and no turnovers and i was kind of like this feels like the blueprint for him. He's not necessarily going to be a scorer, but he's someone that can dribble and pass and keep things moving uh, and and keep things from getting uh, gunked up, even if you have Kyrie and Luka both healthy. Just having a third guy that can dribble and pass on the floor makes quite a difference than just having a bunch of spot-up guys. And I was like, don't worry about the scoring. He's averaging, for the month of December, he's averaging 17 points per game. Like since then, 23, 16, 26, 14, 18. Uh, point scored like (laughs) he's on the greatest run of maybe his NBA career right now considering Mm -hmm. his time uh, in Utah and Cleveland was pretty brief and also you know pretty uneventful which is why he had to go to Europe uh, in the first place to get his career back on track like we're we're witnessing probably the best most impactful productive stretch of professional basketball he's ever played um, and it's wild. Um, and he's doing it in different ways. Like the, like the, after he, he tore up Portland already. So I guess I just didn't want to put him on the scouting report. He had 23 points last week against Portland. And again, everything he does is at the rim. And then he did that again against Memphis. And finally, I think the Lakers just were like, do not guard him. Uh, don't let him score layups. And of course he hit seven threes. And now he's right back to living in the pain again. 14 against Minnesota, 18 against Portland, and and most of those points coming in the paint. Um, It's just like the scoring and the versatility – sorry, not the scoring. The passing, the versatility, the tempo, um, the smarts, the off-ball movement, the cutting, that all stuff makes sense. But the fact that he's doing that and also, you know, scoring like 18 points a game, 17 points a game, basically like that's no one had that on their bingo card. I'll just say that. Like, even if you were a, a Dante Exum truther, um, what he's been doing in the last few few weeks, uh, basically the whole month, the month of December has been like eye popping. So that one stands out to me. I feel like if he keeps it up, he's going to lock that down. Uh, That'd be MVP- crazy. Yeah, that would be legitimately crazy. I mean, fantastic, but yeah. it's just something I never would have predicted in a million years. I didn't think. Yeah, I didn't think he was going to get. I thought he would be a productive player. Just thinking he'd get enough minutes to even be considered that. But Luca MVP is tough because I feel like it's not even his fault. There's just that stigma. He. I mean, what he was the preseason betting favorite for MVP, like. He always is. Five years people want people yeah. want him to win. Like, there's enough people that are, and this is like like the betting influences are based off of like the money coming in. Yeah. There's a lot of money coming in that wants Luca to win. Yeah, and I feel like he's gotten some like I don't know, kind of pushback for like not having like like it's almost like it's being held against him. 
that he hasn't won MVP. I think so. I mean, there's some of that. I think there's there's also, come on. We just had an MVP last season that like the MVP award it's stats. Yes. But it's, it's like media narrative is almost the most dominant part of it. When you like, look at what happened last season, not that Embiid wasn't a worthy winner, but I mean, he no, basically Embiid, only Embiid won. was not a worthy winner. I mean, Embiid was not. He, <laughs> but you're, that's you're right, though. His stat and, line was good enough, but like, sure. yeah, he someone else should have won. But the only yeah. reason that person didn't win was because they were mad he won two years. Or, like, so like, yeah. I, I don't know if he's gonna be able to get through that. Like, I feel like for him to cut through that kind of stuff, um, he's always gonna have to be doing what he's doing right now, which is putting up ridiculous stat lines. But the Mavs have to be a true, like, true blood contender, like, inner circle, like, top four team in the NBA uh, contender. Uh, their record's not, like, that far off from it right now. I mean, they're 16 to 9, but I don't know if the larger media conglomerate of the NBA considers them one of the best four teams in the league. So I think until the Mavericks are, like, one of those bona fide, like, almost a 60 win type team or, or threatening for that. That's probably what it, what's what's going to take to push him over the edge. Because I mean, he's he's got the numbers. I mean, he's had the numbers basically since his sophomore season to be good enough to win MVP. He just the Mavericks basically need to like win the West or be like a top two seed in the West. I think. Hold, uh, hold on, this is my know. favorite comment. We got a guy. Um, fan, this is a great comment. Fantasistas zero. Um, who cares about MVP? My, my man, based off of the sheer amount of shit I see from search engine results and podcasts and videos and betting, literally every NBA fan cares about MVP. You can just put this stuff in the title of things and all of a sudden it bursts into it. And so who cares about it? We could say a lot of people. And that's why we're talking about it. I don't mean to interrupt Josh on that, but I think it's of note because people are probably like, why are we talking about this in light of, of, of the game that we just saw? Well, we kind of talked about the game. There's not a much, a lot to talk about. The Mavericks played a bad team and they beat them and we're going to still we're going to go and, and talk about it in the context of, of, of like Luca's performance in that context, 40, 12, and 10. Very interesting. But the, the questions that I have is, do MVP voters hold the last season of the Mavericks against Luka Doncic? Or, uh, I think they do. Okay. Okay. And I, I think it'd be you know kind of fair to. Um, if you're going to be MVP, you don't miss the playoffs like that even though I think he gave it his all, but that's, you know, it's a big, it's a, it's a choice that, that um, is, is, and, and is, is worth yeah. sort of having. And like, while we're kind of talking Luca and MVP, the one, the one that Jason, a uh, friend of the show, Jason Gallagher actually came in here and, and talked to me about was he thought that the all NBA first team streak was the thing that was in most in danger um, just due to the narratives arising around guys like Anthony Edwards. Now, granted, all like NBA teams are no longer constricted by positional stuff. So we're going to see some weird and all NBA teams like Luka Jokic um, and Embiid are all going to be on the NBA first team this year. That just is a thing. Um, so that leaves spots for who Luka and Shay. And yeah. I, that's, that's that is, who I'd pick. So you're leaving, right. So that means you're leaving off Steph Curry, yep. Anthony Edwards. Yep. You know, there's, there's, now that there's no position, like it, it used to be kind of easy with the positional thing because it was like, okay, you're just you looking at guards. positions up, right? Yeah, and when when you know maybe five of the best, what eight players in the league are forwards and centers, it makes it a little easier to make first team All NBA when you're a guard. Not to say that Luca didn't deserve it. I'm just saying in terms of like the competition 
uh, now that it's it can be any position, it's definitely going to be harder for him to make it. But he's still, I mean, yeah, I would still do. If you had to pin me down right now, it'd probably be Jokic and Bead, Luca, Shea. But Giannis. Four. Yeah, Giannis. <laughs> yeah, you got it like the guy who scored yeah. 64 points the other day. Yeah, yeah I think that's it. Shout, shout, just for a second, just I have, I have to say something. If Luca had done what Giannis did, oh my god, I, I I can't imagine the discourse. And instead, it's because Luca's such a lunatic competitor. Most of the things were like, "This is so funny, we don't know how to talk about it." Um, but like that was the most second grade. This is my ball. <laughs> and then after the game, this is the best part. This is the best part. He said after the game. The reason he went ballistic was because he wanted to give the game ball, not to his mother, which is what he's done for a lot of these things since his father passed away and would be understandable. He wanted to give the game ball to Damian Lillard, who had just passed Kyle Korver on the all-time threes maids list. Giannis, you are a loser. All right, back to this. Um, I'm just talking about anything tonight because the Mavericks game is kind of boring. Um, I... I think that'll be fun to discuss. That's one thing I did love about the end season tournament is this is the first time I've really thought about any of the awards, but we're 25 games in. So this feels a little more natural um, to discuss these sorts of things. So it's, it's, it's fun. So the, the MVP will be fun to track. I think a lot of us would like for him to win it, but I don't know if the MVP comes until, like you said, the Mavericks are truly like a 50 plus team pace. Like they're they're a contender, like a contender. And I think that's fair. I really do. I think like once you're a contender, then I think you deserve that. And like the Sixers are winning. They're in the conference. They're able to like, it's, you know, they're able to stack games against the Charlottes, the Washington Wizards, and some of these other kind of bleh teams that the Mavericks just, you know, they're kind of doing right now with who they're playing. Like, cause they played the Grizzlies three times, Portland twice. Um, they're four and one in those games, but you know, it, it's, it's one of these things I'm going to be interested to watch as the season goes around because I don't think that at the moment there's really – there's not a way, and I think uh, our guy 17 in the in the chat talked about how emotional the American media is. I like that assessment. Uh, media, it's, it is what it is. But I think that there's not a lot of understanding of how the hell Luca is doing this. Like whenever I hear things from people on podcasts where it's like, well, Luca, huh, you know, from Zach Lowe and whatnot, just kind of going off the rails about how well they're playing. There's like a sense of not understanding how the hell it's happening. And that means the games aren't actually being watched all that closely. So I, I think if you're that far outside of the narrative bent, then you probably don't really have much of a chance this season. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I will say one more thing about Luca, and this isn't necessarily MVP talk, but we were talking about it in our MMB Slack. Um, the one thing I'm a little trepidatious about is these injuries. Um, I mean, he's basically playing like playoff rotation type minutes, uh, in the month of December. He's averaging about 40 minutes a game. Right. His numbers are insane, but I mean, his usage has been off the wall. I think like in the Minnesota loss, his usage was like 42%, which is like, no, (laughs) like, like, no, you can't, it can't be that high, but it's not, that's not his fault. Like there's literally, there's nothing he can do. Like no Kyrie, no Josh Green, Jaden Hardy has disappointed. Like, that's it. Like Seth Curry is not a guy you run pick and rolls with Uh, Dante Exum as great as he is, is like that off ball secondary guy. I don't think you want him on the floor running offense for extended period of time. So 
Luca kind of has to do what he's like. I don't understand oh, what yeah. the alternative would be right now. I don't see an easy answer. Like unless yeah. you're seeding wins, and, which yeah. we they can't do. I mean, no, there's they can't. Eight and nine, especially so they, this soft part of the schedule. They have to guarantee these wins, right? Yeah. And I can understand it if you were like if you're really game theorying it, and you say, "All right, I want Luca to sit. I want him to just be okay." But I, I mean, they did that last year and it didn't. Yeah, work. It didn't work. They lost every single game he was out <laughs> until Kyrie joined. They were zero and eight until Kyrie joined, and yes. you know Kyrie, you know, like one of the one of the night. I don't say like it's really. I'm really delighted to not have to talk about the fact that Kyrie isn't playing. I know he didn't hurt himself, but if you go through the list of Kyrie's injuries over the years, every single injury he's suffered has been a freak, bizarre injury. So he's not injury prone, but he does pick up freak, bizarre injuries. Like that's a thing. And so it's like, I don't, I'm glad to not have to talk about it while Luca is going just truly, truly insane um, during all this. All right. Um, did we talk about six man and Tim Hardaway? I feel like you did. Uh, well, I didn't. I just kind of glanced past it because that one just feels obvious. Like, Does it? Okay. That's interesting. So it's funny because in the last chat, we had three or four pe- like, like folks come up on stage here and be like, we got to trade Tim. <laughs> Well, yeah, so, everyone wants to treat <laughs> the six man of it all. It's like I just don't know if you could, like. Could you tr- imagine them? And you know, Jason Kidd said before the game he thinks he's six man of the year. So, so that was that was pretty interesting to me. Um, yeah, I mean, he's. I mean, good lord, he's almost up to. I mean, he's at seventeen a game off. I mean, this is an award that almost every awards voter just looks up. Like, who's averaging those points off the bench? Click like so. Um, the fact that he's not like an incredible passer or a lockdown defender, like that doesn't matter. Like this award is almost always who's the guy scoring the most points uh, off the bench. That's eligible. I'm pretty yep. sure. I mean, he's, I, I don't have the list in front of me, but he's got to be first in points per game off the bench. So um, he's averaging basically like 20 a game in December. Um, Funny enough, his shooting has has really fallen off in December, but he's, his scoring has gone up because they just need him to take shots with, with no Kyrie. So, yeah, that feels like unless he just gets into a crazy shooting slump or someone else steps up or – yes, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's, that's an award I'm not really tracking too closely, but it feels like it's sort of his to lose because of the way – the history of that award has almost always been just give it to the to the guy that scored the most points off the bench. The lively one is the one that I'm most interested in because obviously you got to finish the whole season healthy. You have to do a lot, but it's it's the lively thing seems to be similar to the MVP discussion where in Luca, where the people who aren't very clearly aren't watching the Mavericks don't seem to understand how important he is to the team. Um, Sam Quinn of CBS, uh, notorious, um, just. Like I'm sure he could be a nice human. I have no fucking idea, but he has some of the worst basketball takes to to like grace the internet. Um, uh, there are all these like weird. Oh, should the Mavericks trade Lively to go get Draymond Green? It's like first of all, get the fuck out of here. Um, so, and it's a, and you see this in that people are not grasping how how important Lively is to the team. Like the NBA.com rookie ladder had Lively seventh. Behind Osara Thompson, who has fallen out of the tr- Detroit um, rotation, and so I get that there, it's hard to watch a lot of basketball, but I'm curious if Lively playing with Luca through the whole year, let's say he gets 65 games under his belt, if that's enough to crack 
an all-rookie first team that will also feature Chet Holmgren and also feature Victor Wembanyama. It's just but, like like the the Luca All NBA First Team discussion, except but I'm, you know. But I'm pretty sure, yeah. And then, but the thankfully the the rookie team is. Uh, I don't think it's positional anymore. Oh, really? Didn't mm-hmm. I thought it used to be positionless. It used to be, but I think they took that away too. And now, granted, I could be wrong. Someone in the chat will probably correct us. We appreciate that, guys. But let's just let's settle for the top five rookies just for the yeah. sake of argument. Because otherwise there's no argument because he's just not good. He is. He, okay, yeah. he is then. We're, we're kind of yeah. in agreement then, right? I mean, he's only at nine and eight right now, so he's not necessarily putting up like gaudy numbers. I mean, Weminyama's at like 19 and 10 or something. Yeah, I mean, if it's going to be – if the rookie team takes into account positions, like I don't know how you can put him above Wimbanyama and, and Chet. Like you just, but I would put him above a lot of other rookies that aren't Wimbanyama and Chet. Yeah. So that's where mm-hmm. the conversation becomes really interesting. Yeah. Um, it's probably, I mean, Wimbanyama, Chet, Brandon Miller. Um, and then you, then I think after that, I think Deontay yeah, George, maybe there's, yeah, a, I mean, there's the a lot heat, of good, the guy in the heat Ooh, is yeah, definitely yeah. consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's so. right. He's right there. Um, and I mean, the, I mean, the Mavericks, right. I mean, a lot of this, a lot of this award stuff is going to come down to the fact that the Mavericks, like, let's just be real. They've played a baby soft pillow schedule this season. Um, I know the international travel uh, makes it so they kind of needed it. Um, that's definitely helped them. But I think, I feel like the next like two or three weeks, they are basically playing like real teams, like almost yep. every, every other day, no more two days off, three days off. Like it's playing every other day, playing some back-to-backs against teams that are, you know, currently in playoff position, you know, no more stretches where you play Memphis three times, you play Portland twice, you play Utah, you play Washington. Um, you know, you get to play all these fun crappy teams so a lot of this is going to come down to we need to kind of see what the Mavericks record is going to stabilize at because yeah they're 16 and 9 and what they are third in the Western Conference right now just a scotch ahead of Denver due to percentage points um but if they can get if if they're at the all-star break and they're still winning about 64 percent of their games they're still in the still around third or fourth then I think that award conversation is going to definitely heat up for a lot of these guys. But if they hit a like okay. kind of a rough patch and they fall back down to five, six, seven, sure. which still wouldn't be bad, you know, because I mean they finished eleventh, they finished eleventh last season. So I think that'll that'll put a hamper in it. But it's hard to it's hard to say because like I can't guarantee that they're going to still be in third after this you know three week stretch because it's it's a lot of hard games and they just they haven't. And you look at their look at the teams they've beaten this season, and they just haven't stacked a lot of wins against quality teams, which they don't really need to. They can just keep beating the piss out of the Portlands and the Utahs and the Memphises of the world and make the playoffs just fine. So again, not trying to like get you know Debbie Down or anything, just saying it's I feel like we've still got a little bit left to learn about this particular team. Yeah. All right. So we did have a question in the chat that was actually related to this game, and someone basically said, um, can you please talk about Omax? And like I will talk. I, I will talk <laughs> about Omax in the sense of I don't know how to talk about Omax. Uh, I wish. Um, Are people I, disappointed? Like what? Like what's I think the they would like a little more burn in situations like tonight where they needed size, and instead they rolled it. They rolled with Luca and Keith as the five man. Um, <laughs> and I get that. I just think that there are instances where 
particularly like five out basketball is really hard to, to defend against. And I would say that Omax has a very difficult, he, he has to unlearn some of the things that got him drafted. Like he was very much like, like when I coached second graders, I, I use ridiculous phrases like stick like glue to that kid. And that's what Omax does with guys. And it's really awesome when you need him to blanket the sun. But in terms of team defense stuff, I think he gets burned every now and again. I think he still plays fairly out of control, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. I wish kid would let him play through it. But I think kid is still doing the thing where if he makes a mistake, he gets yanked. You know? Yeah. And I think it's especially, well, now it's like, I mean, when the team was healthier, it's like, well, you've got Derek Jones Jr. You've got Dante Exum. You've got these options. Makes sense now that like with Josh Greenhurt, I understand that there's a clamoring, but he was also what he was the 24th pick in the draft yep. and 20, you know, late lottery guys don't automatically become rotation guys. I mean, freaking uh, Jairus Walker, the eighth yep. overall pick for Indiana, can't even crack the rotation uh, for the Pacers. Uh, Taylor Hendricks was like the seventh pick, I guess, to Utah, and he just now started playing. So it's not you know, a given uh, just because they need someone of his, his position and archetype. So like, I I don't know, like if he doesn't really do much this season, that doesn't really make a cause for concern much like, you know, we talked about Josh green and like, even though, you know, there were things that frustrated us about his rookie season. I don't think any, you can't write the book on, on a guy. That's right. His first year. So yeah, it would be cool if he popped a little bit more. Um, I think the thing that, I can understand the frustration is he had that career game against Memphis, the 11 points. And then he's played a total of 10 minutes in the net following three games. Yeah. Like that's tough. Like that was a Rick thing. Like where he would just take guy rookie got rookies or young players that were playing well and just stick them to the end of the bench for almost no rhyme or reason. Yeah. Um, so that's tough. But again, the two games right after were Lakers Timberwolves. So kid might've been like, I don't want to play the rookie against these two great teams. So um, but then, you know, where is he against Portland? Um, so yeah, I, I, I understand the desire. Like there's always a clamor. Everyone wants to see the younger player uh, get in the game. Everyone wants to see the backup quarterback uh, when the starter isn't playing well. So uh, I mean, understand. He had five it, boards but... in five minutes tonight. There's something, yeah. you know, like, oh, yeah. there's something I mean, to his energy. And I get why you want to see that when you watch Dwight Powell. Right. And But he's just, you know, he has negative offense. Like <laughs> he just, he can't shoot. Um, and he's still kind of learning his way off the ball and, and playing in an NBA offense and everything like that. So, you know, it's, it's fine. It's still young. Let's wait until we see, get through the all-star break. And really, if he's not a part of this rotation this season, again, it's, it's not that big. I just don't think it's that big a deal. That's right. All right. So here's what's going to happen next guys. I'm going to throw up the, uh, show starter for our second live show. Josh is probably going to go edit and post some things at mavsmoneyball.com we will be back the next time the mavericks play uh do they play monday i feel like they play monday i feel like they play every other day from now until the end of time they they really do let me get it let me pull it up real quick because i should should know these things Uh, it's okay they play monday at denver wednesday at home against the clippers friday um at houston and then saturday at home against the Spurs. Well, we'll that's, definitely that's... be here for that for that um, Nuggets game. I, I was mm-hmm. briefly tweeting back and forth with the guy who found one of your tweets. was like, the Mavericks are frauds. I can't wait till the Nuggets destroy them on Monday. And it's like, well, the Mavericks might be frauds, but I like fucking watching them. So, who you know, go, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, you, 
See, this I is why know, we did they this. lost to the Nuggets. They lost wow. to the un- the NBA champions. This is why I do the secondary live show because it's like I want to get that guy, I want him to come off of Twitter, come up to my live show, and like talk through his pain. You know, whatever the <laughs> hell makes you get online and be like, Rawr! it's called like group life. therapy for a reason. That's right. That's right. Though today is going to be Mavericks party because the Dallas Mavericks won. So hang out for about thirty seconds. We'll be right back. Uh, for those on audio, look for this show a little later in the afternoon. This has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow of the Mavs, uh, our pod Maverick, uh, and we'll be back shortly. Everybody have a great night. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.